Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux. So, you've probably been tracking the story, but there's a lot more to it that needs to be talked about. An armed 69-year-old anti-fascist has been shot dead after firebombing an immigration center. And he's a 69-year-old. He was armed with a rifle. And of course, you won't hear much from the anti-gun lobby regarding the situation. He was fatally shot by police. What he did was he went to an immigration center in Tacoma, Washington, and threw incendiary devices at it. And the officers were called to this detention center, which is privately run around four o'clock in the morning. The man, he's been identified as, does it really matter who wants to talk about it? And he had set a vehicle alight with his explosives. And then he was attempting to ignite, or the belief is he was attempting to ignite a large propane tank outside the building. Now, the Tacoma Northwest Detention Center is a holding facility and has been for quite a long time for migrants, uh, my illegal aliens, as they are about to be deported. And of course, recently, it has also housed parents who've been, have the phrase that's used in the media, as they has been separated from their children. Now, of course, there's no way to know this for sure. It's at least not easy to find out for sure. A lot of people uh, do end up gathering some children or renting some children in order to appear as parents. So, uh, of course, they don't tell the truth consistently about them being their own children or whether or not they are, in fact, refugees. So parents have been separated from their children. Why? Because people are lying about it. You know, like when you go to the bank and they say, we need a five-day hold on your check, the check you're trying to deposit, that's not because the bank is mean, it's because people, they cheat, they kite checks, they frauds. So it's not the bank's fault that there are people who are frauds. Uh, I I remember when I, I worked on a radio station when I was in university, I was a DJ, and there was a guy there, this is just when ATMs were coming out, and there was a guy who, who worked there who was like, oh man, ATMs is fantastic, you know, I can create a whole bunch of fake uh, bank accounts, and I can withdraw the maximum, and, and I can make a bunch of money, and, and it was just immediately went to the scam angle. And so, because of the scam angle, we have this massive jerkwad overhead of having to have all these checks and balances in place, because people lie like crazy, they lie about being migrants, uh, or well, they lie about uh, being refugees, they lie about uh, their uh, immigration status, they lie about whether people are their children. People just lie a lot. And having to deal with the fact that people lie a lot is the reasons why there are these challenging. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't need any reviews, uh, we wouldn't in any courts, we wouldn't need any lawyers, we wouldn't need any lie detector tests, we wouldn't need any of these things if people didn't lie fairly consistently. But of course, it's the fault of the detention center. Uh, It's the fault of Donald Trump. uh, And uh, it's not the fault of anybody who lies. So about this was about six hours after there was a rally, a peaceful rally held against deportations outside the center. And the guy, the old guy was shot dead at the scene. And all four attending offices shot their weapons. He was described locally as a committed anarchist and anti-fascist. Now, he did criticize communism, but usually he said that his big inspiration was, well, I guess there were a couple. There was some guy who's a long, rambly, crazy talker at AA meetings. Uh, There's another guy who was a violent abolitionist from the last century, Mike Brown, I think, I can't remember his name. And then there was Howard Zinn, People's History of America, and Emma Goldman.
right? This uh, Jewish uh, communist anarchist who was a big fan of the Soviet Union until she realized it was very repressive. So when people say anarchist, they're not talking about people who don't want there to be rulers. They're talking about anarcho-nihilists or anarcho-socialists, anarcho-communists and so on. They would rather have a local tyranny than a central tyranny, which of course always ends up with a central tyranny. Now, a friend of his who'd been a friend for like 20 years, Deb Bartley, told the Seattle Times that she had received letters from this guy, the domestic terrorist, obviously, which said, oh, I'm just saying goodbye. And then there was a manifesto. And I did read the manifesto, but uh, it's uh, a bunch of crazy stuff that doesn't have any particular relevance to anything. Now, the friend of his said, I think this was a suicide. But then he was able to kind of do it in a way that spoke to his political beliefs. I know he went down there knowing he was going to die. And in his manifesto, he talks about being heartbroken and, and sad about, I don't know, X, Y, or Z. Who knows, right? He, he could have had a fatal illness. He could have uh, had a girlfriend break up with him. The fact that he was a big fan of a guy who is a rambling, kind of incoherent, messily spiritual, Alcoholics Anonymous speechifier may mean that he had addiction uh, issues and maybe he had liver problems or, or whatever it is. Anyway, so, and, and if it was suicide by cop, that's just an asshole's way of hitting the high road because now you've traumatized these cops and all of that. So I really, really don't like this kind of stuff at all, of course, right? So the guy believed to have had previous run-ins with law enforcement at the detention center in 2018. He was reportedly among 10 people taken in by police after occupying the perimeter of the site. He was then, of course, only 68 years old, and he was arrested on suspicion of third-degree assault. He jumped on the back of an officer as the officer attempted to apprehend another activist. And he ended up with uh, was it a deferred or suspended sentence. Basically, he didn't see any jail time, so good thing. Good job, courts. Sounds like you really got someone there and let him off with a slap on the wrist because he was totally reformed after this. So this friend, uh, uh, so he's, and he's been associated with Antifa and Antifa, Antifa has have certainly been cheering on this guy. His friend believes his intent in attacking the center was to provoke a conflict, of course, similar to the Christchurch shooter from earlier this year. Now there is some, uh, obviously, uh, people on the far left are either cheering it or studiously ignoring it. But it's really, really important to understand this, right? So as you may or may not recall, it was not more than a couple of weeks ago that I and a whole bunch of other people were on the cover of the Sunday New York Times. Boy, it's just great to know when you've made it. So proud. Send a copy to my mother. And uh, we were on the New York Times Sunday edition cover, me and a bunch of other people, including Milton Friedman, because you see, we had radicalized someone. Someone had been radicalized by philosophy or arguments or data or information or perspectives and so on that go against the leftist narrative, radicalized. Now, the young man in question, what had occurred as a result of his radicalization? Well, according to the mainstream media, you see, he'd gotten a job and a girlfriend. Now his girlfriend was Christian. I guess that's <laughs> radical. Uh, for some people have a, a Christian girlfriend. I, I think the writer of the article, Kevin Roos, had married a woman who was Jewish. So maybe it was just really radical to, to date a Christian. I don't know. But 
Here we have a case of, of clear-cut radicalization, right? So you have had a bunch of leftist politicians, a bunch of Democrat politicians. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been beating this psycho war drum for weeks, calling these places concentration camps and, and, and implying that ICE and detentions are like Nazis. And this is a clear call for violence. Violence is a, like when you call someone a Nazi and you refer to people in, in Nazi terms, concentration camps and so on, you're painting a laser on their forehead, you know, like you, you paint for, for the smart bombs to hit. And the, the, the target, the invisible target that you're painting on people's forehead is, hey, these people are stone evil, so hey, you know, do what you will, kind of thing. And so there's e either been a sort of, well, we agree with the end, but not the methods, or yay, brother comrade, rest in peace, uh, took one for the, for the course, and so on. And no one, but no one, has asked, of course, any of the Democrat politicians who were incentivizing violence or, or calling, not explicitly but implicitly for violence by calling these people constant, all of these institutions of concentration camps and so No one's been asked to disavow. Ah, if you call people Nazis in these places concentration camps, some crazy guy with a, a rifle went and, and firebombed or tried to firebomb the place and got shot dead by police. Where's CNN? Where's... CBC, where's the New York Times and all this radicalization? Well, they're not, they're not there, of course, because they implicitly, I believe, agree with this kind of radicalization. So 2020 presidential candidate in Washington, Governor Jay Inslee, connected Trump to the attack. And I quote, Along with many Americans, I object with every fiber of my being to Donald Trump's inhumane treatment of immigrants in America. But violence is not acceptable. We must be better and seek nonviolent ways of pursuing the better world we want, as so many groups are doing. Now, of course, this is false on, on every conceivable level, right? So it's not Donald Trump's inhumane treatment of immigrants in America. Donald Trump isn't just out there being mean. See, there's this funny little thing called the law! Now, you may agree with the law, you may disagree with the law, but the law is not just Donald Trump's opinion. The law has been voted on, the law has been reviewed, the, the law has been uh, uh, discussed in the public sphere, people have had the chance to weigh in and weigh out and review it, and, and that's the law. It's not just Donald Trump's inhumane treatment, it's like Donald Trump is enforcing the law. He's enforcing the law. Like was said, Time magazine had this article, it was on the cover, and the article was a bunch of, uh, I don't know, children of the corn looking Hispanics with eyes like a Camaro's high beams. And they were, uh, we are Americans, just not legally. Just not legally. Of course, being an American means having the legal citizenship, technically and by reality. It's sort of like saying uh, about bank robbers. Well, we withdrew money from the bank. It's <laughs> not legally. I mean, it's, so first of all, it's not Donald Trump's inhumane treatment. He just wants to make it about Donald Trump rather than these are the laws that were reviewed and, and voted on. And of course, inhumane treatment of immigrants in America, they're, they're not immigrants. See, if they were immigrants, it'd be kind of tough to deport them, right? It'd be kind of tough to separate kids from them unless they broke some other law. So that's strange. Inhumane treatment, yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. I don't know why people are confused about this. Funny story. If you have a government and you break the law, unless you're the Clintons, they will arrest you and they will put you in a holding facility. And guess what? You get separated from your children. You can go rob a bank and you get arrested. 
They don't throw your newborns in the holding cell with you. You are separated from your children. I don't know. Again, it's just one of these bizarre things. Like, I went to the circus and there was noise, trapeze acts, lots of clowns coming out of tiny cars. It was weird. What's up with that? I mean, this is what the government does. So anyway, it's not Donald Trump. It's not inhumane treatment. It's the law and it has to be enforced. It's not Donald Trump's perspective and so on. Anyway, so one Antifa account called Rev Abolition Move with almost 3,000 followers wrote, and I quote, RIP to anarchist fighter, blah, blah, blah. The attack on the facility in Tacoma is a proportionate action against enslavers and internment camp operators. He joins a long list of fallen anarchist martyrs who fought for a liberated world. Okay. So uh, this is uh, their perspective. If you disagree with the law, then you can use violence against those who are enforcing that law. So if you disagree with taxation, then according to this logic, I'm not saying people should. I'm not saying it's even moral. But according to this logic, if you disagree with taxation, you can take the necessary steps. And um, uh, it's uh, crazy. And there are, of course, a lot of leftists who are praising this kind of stuff. Here's another one. This guy targeted ICE infrastructure in a bid to save lives. He is a hero and we grieve his loss. Rest in power, comrade. Another guy. His name was X. He was a 69-year-old elder comrade who last year tried to free a 17-year-old from police during a protest at the same ICE center. He literally gave his life for the cause. Rest in power. Remember him. Sean King. You may remember Talcum X. Called for the concentration camps to be liberated, to be liberated quote, by any means necessary. By any means necessary. So this is where the left is. If you disagree with the law, you can go with a rifle and an incendiary device, and you can try you can blow up a car, obviously, and you can try and blow up the facility with people inside. This is where they're at. This is what's going on. Now, of course, can you imagine? Let's say that there's someone who's an anti-leftist. Mr. X, right? Mr. X is an anti-leftist. He's criticized communism, socialism, and so on. I would say on the right, because anyone who criticizes the left is considered, I mean, Tim Poole, who's, who's certainly not, I mean, he's pro-socialist in many ways, a Bernie Sanders supporter and for socialized medicine and all. He's suddenly far right, right? And, and so if you criticize the left, let's say that you have a follower or somebody who has listened to your rhetoric and so on, and that person then grabs a gun and goes down and tries to blow up a building with people inside it. The media would go absolutely mental on you, would try and get you shut down and deplatformed and would, would rouse popular sentiment against you. You'd have to go into hiding. I mean, it would be mad if the follower of a critic of the left went and used violence against laws he, or perhaps she disagreed with the, the media. But you see here, we have a bunch of people calling these places concentration camps and the gods and Nazis and, and all of that. And of course, that's going to start triggering crazy people. Of course, lots of people out there don't have a life, don't have connections, don't have meaning, don't have virtue, don't have love in their lives, have very little to live for and would rather live on festooned with black 
roses, the stems of which are barbed wire in the annals of crazy, nasty people, they would rather live on in that memory than continue on their miserable existence. So they're going to grab a gun, as this gun seems to be, according to his friend, kind of like suicidal. And that's how it's going to roll. And if it was an anti-leftist, people would be going insane. And of course, if it was an anti-leftist, there'd be massive calls for gun control because this guy had a rifle and he was nuts. And evil. I mean, if he'd succeeded, how many people could have died? But this one's going to vanish, you see, because it's a leftist terrorist. It's been inspired by leftist Democrat rhetoric. I mean, so Ilhan Omar called for eliminating ISIS existence. Then, of course... Sorry, that sounds a bit confusing. I don't mean ISIS like I-S-I-S. I mean I-C-E apostrophe S. Eliminating immigration control and enforcement's existence. Eliminate its existence. And then a terrorist tries to bomb an ICE facility. You understand? Ocasio-Cortez is, is, you know, as I said earlier today, having these uh, weepy interviews with a well-coiffed woman mysteriously not in custody, about how her toddler died in these inhumane facilities. There are a lot of crazy people out there. And, uh, yeah, Antifa uh, praising and and, and cheering all of this kind of stuff often. Well, this is what happens, right? These are the people who shut down my desire to go and give a peaceful speech on philosophy. And uh, I said, you know, you can stand up for me, for Lauren Southern, for other people who are being attacked in this kind of way. You could stand up for us if you want. Or you can just kind of let it slide. And then what do they do? Well, they, everything is a trial balloon. You understand? Everything is a test case. Can we get, get, can we get away with this? Oh, we can? Great. Let's, let's escalate. Oh, can we get away with this? Oh, we can? Oh, great. Let's escalate. You understand that they escalate and they escalate until we're all face down in a ditch. And for all of the people who, when I was being attacked, uh, as I have regularly been in public speeches uh, in, in um, New Zealand, in, in Canada, in Australia, you know, I, I put it out and said, you know, you've you got to stand for this. You can't stand for this kind of stuff. You've got to push back against this kind of stuff. For all the mainstream media that were cheering them on and all the people who ignored what was happening to me. Well... This is your next step. This is where you allowed them to get to. This is where you permitted them to go. You want to see what's on the next level? You want to see what they're going to do next? Just keep ignoring it.